You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Okay, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. As always, I'm Cameron Crane, executive editor for tvobsessive.com. Here today for episode 38 of the podcast with Ryan Kurtzy, writer and contributor for the site. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing very well today. I've had my red and yellow pill. It should be a very normal podcast. I feel just balanced vitamins. and ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Yeah. So we're going to jump into talking about Constellation on Apple TV Plus here today. The first three episodes premiered on Wednesday, we're recording this on Friday. And we are planning to work through the series here in the latter half of the pod, as per usual. In the first part, we'll talk about some recent TV news items, what we've been watching. All of that good stuff. So it's February 23rd. What caught your eye uh, this week, Brian? Well, should we put a bow on True Detective, I guess? Some news. Yeah, we should start there, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, wrapped up our coverage of that last week, both on the podcast and on the site. And now, wasting no time, HBO has given season five to Issa Lopez. So she'll yeah, be pretty quickly. And Several other things, it seems like it's sort of exclusive multi-year deal for her. Yeah, I don't know. It must be nice to get one of these multi-year deals. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly because sometimes, it seems like sometimes um, people get these multi-year deals and then they like don't really do much. Right. It's so it's a weird thing. And I don't know, overall, maybe I shouldn't support it if I really thought about all the details. Like it's giving great deals to certain people and then everyone else is fighting for scraps or something. I don't know if that's yeah. how it works out, but from the point of view of like Issa Lopez, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll probably executive produce a few things and then really focus on the next season of true detective. I imagine. Probably. Yeah. No real news on um, what it might be. If it'll connect anything, will it be night country too? <laughs> Um, because I mean it was kind of weird with 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 True Detective Night Country. They changed all the branding and stuff. Yes. You know, to True Detective Colon Night Country. So we'll see. I'm happy about this. I think we both enjoyed season four well enough. Um up for more. Yeah, I would be I would be absolutely happy for her to do the the, the next season. I mean, I, you and I have had some minor quibbles about this and and made those known but overall i feel like this would be safe being in her hands for another another season yeah doesn't seem like nick palazzo is, is very happy but you know <laughs> i i have never take... seen someone go after something i mean not going after but he's just been so petty about that i just i don't understand it like what do you what do you have to gain by doing this it really i don't i don't care for it. i mean he has an executive producer credit on yeah. season four uh and i presumably will also on season five he's getting paid from this yeah it just it just strikes me as in really poor form i guess so we don't we don't have to we don't have to dwell on that too much i guess but it's out there more than i realized it, somehow after the finale it started hitting me more to realize how many people in the world were down on it and uh calling it woke which I never, yeah. I never cared yeah. for. And they're like, the fact that Nick Palazzo seems to be in that group, I'm just kind of like, I don't And then they announced that season five's going to yeah. happen. I, like, I, I love that. I love it. <laughs> they take all the helium out of that conversation and say, oh, well, we're giving it to right away. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that that's cool. What else caught your eye this week? Well, so it's the, uh, I guess the the era of Glenn Powell 
uh, sort of continues, right? We, we've had this Glenn Powell assance with him in Maverick. He has recently done the Sydney Sweeney rom-com, Anyone But You. He is the star of Twisters going up the summer. Now he's going to star in a television show that is in a Ted Lasso-esque kind of way, is going to be based on a short thing that Eli Manning did for ESPN about a walk-on quarterback. So he, he is going to star in a Hulu comedy about college football, a guy who uh, gets kicked off his team and goes and walks on another college football team. So this guy's just getting anything he wants, it seems like right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you going to watch this? Uh, what, what's it called now? Um, uh, I saw what it's called, Chad Powers. Yeah, so Chad Powers is the name of the Eli Manning character who – uh, you know, they did a little ESPN spoof sort of short thing about him trying to walk on the Penn State football program. You know, Eli Manning in a mustache and a wig, you know, and all these kids that are on this Penn State Nittany Lions walk on tryout. They're like, man, that guy's really got an arm. Look at that guy. You know, so it's sort of this uh, it, it harkened back to when NBC did these Ted Lasso commercials when they gained the rights to the English Premier League, sort of this, you know, football coach out of water and that turned into a very successful series so they're hoping they can you know sort of catch lightning in a bottle with with this and one of the hottest stars around right now it's kind of odd because i feel like i vaguely recall that little bit and i thought the joke was that it was actually eli manning with a fake mustache it was it was <laughs> that's not it what the show is gonna be it was a 45 year old former quarterback going to a college tryout and now they're just gonna put that i mean a guy i guess who looks a little bit more like a college guy um into this into this story but uh yeah there's no Eli Manning other than just his Omaha production serving as the the production company for this but uh yeah Glenn Glenn Powell I mean from Chad Radwell and Screen Queens five years ago to this I mean this guy has done everything all over the place yeah so we'll see how that goes probably be pretty entertaining yeah um I've got a couple of uh notes that are you know relatively quick i think to get through uh i wanted to note that uh i read this week that foundation is back in production um so we noted on a previous episode of the pod that they'd shut down and it was this weird thing where it was kind of unclear like people showed up to film yeah. and they said go home because whatever um and no now it's it's resuming at least um maybe it's not quite back in production yet but i think there was a date in here uh, in the relatively near future, like early March. So that's a go. And I, there was also some casting news, which I didn't make a note of here. Yeah. But regardless, it seems like Foundation is, is on track. Yeah, the guy who won the Academy Award for CODA, I think two years ago, got cast in Foundation. I think that's what I saw. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who knows? So some new character wasn't in the previous seasons. Um I enjoy the show overall, so I'm looking forward to it. And who knows when exactly the release date will be. Maybe it won't be until next year or something like that. Right. Um, but at least I wanted to hit this note since, again, on an earlier podcast, regular listeners will <laughs> um, You know, stay on that beat. You know, it wasn't like the hugest news in the world, but it's good. It's back in production. And production is also set to begin on Blade Runner 2099, which this is another thing that had been delayed um, because of the strikes and so on. And so yeah. here it comes. Finally, Blade Runner fans. 
Yeah, so I, I, I was telling you before we started, I, I'm I'm 100 years behind because I haven't caught Blade Runner 2049. I, I'm only the original 1982 movie. Uh, that's the only thing in my repertoire. So I, I'm going to have to catch up before this comes out on Prime Video, I think it's it. Yeah, I believe that's right. I believe that's right. And there was um, an animated series called Black Lotus a couple of years ago. Brian Allen wrote on it for the site. Um, yeah, I haven't watched that either. I am also not, as it were, up to speed. Although I really like the original movie. I think I've seen every version of the yeah. original Blade Runner, too. <laughs> like, there's, like, at least three versions. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I, I can't keep them straight in my mind because there's a theatrical cut and then the director's cut and then the final cut. Yeah. Particularly those last two. Like, I can't remember which one is which and which one I like better. <laughs> and, you know, all that good stuff. But uh, anyhow, uh, presumably there are people out there who are really excited about Blade Runner 2099, and it's going to yeah. happen. And um, given when it's going into production and everything else, probably probably next year by the time it finally makes to our screens. Well, there's one more thing we have on here on sort of the sci-fi string. Um, so you see this news, Linda Hamilton cast in some mystery role in season five of Stranger Things? I did. I did. And then I don't know if she was also saying that she loved the show, but she ruined it for herself or something like that. Yeah, so that she's on there for a role. She loves the show so much. She's sad because it's going to get ruined. She's going to know the plot. But then the piece that also that they won't tell her the story. They'll only ter- tell her sort of the shape of the character. She's not part of the table reads. A lot of people speculated that she's there as an old 11 at some point in the in the show. So this, this is, I don't know, this is just odd to me particularly that if they're they are casting for someone that you know is an older version of who these character are characters are maybe first of all because if you want an older version of 11 uh these kids are all like 12 years older than when this thing started so i mean you've got a, you've got an older version already uh yeah but not like an adult you, know, like, you could see well, that. you could imagine they're all this, like right? 28 years old now you could imagine the structure though where they want you know uh, an older 11 looking back on what happened yeah. when she was younger kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's who Linda Hamilton is. She said, we're speculating that. Of course, there are other possibilities, but it is kind of interesting if uh, she's not being given the whole story or seems meaningfully to the side It in a way. It would kind of fit if it's almost like she has scenes where she's reminiscing about the past or something, you know, so she's not involved with the other actors. We'll see. On the other hand, I mean, it's not the most uncommon thing in the world. Like I recall, I think with um, when Twin Peaks came back, uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, the rumor at least was that Kyle MacLachlan was the only one who got to read the whole script. Oh, okay. And okay. they well, like yeah. had him do it in a room. They're like, <laughs> you can go, in, you can go in that room, Kyle, <laughs> yeah. and and read the script and leave the script here. You don't get to take it home or anything. So, and what what's what's the insider trick? They ha- they print it on red paper, so it can't be photocopied or something like that. That's how they do it these days. Yeah, it's kind of weird know. to think that they even print things out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, who, who knows? Watermarked I mean, PDF. Yeah, listen, this is still. I, I mean, we're we're again, so probably a year and a half away from. From Stranger Things, so we'll we'll see what what role Linda Hamilton ends up uh, ends up playing. What else we got going on? So switching gears and a big one. Did you see this about George Santos suing Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw this. 
Um, Enlighten us what what this is about, please. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this a little bit because, you know, I have some thoughts, I guess. All right, so first, the background. Yes. Presumably, people know who George Santos is, former congressperson at this point, been kicked out of the House of Representatives for whatever vote ethics violations, under investigation at least for fraud of like all sorts of kinds, right? So hopefully people know who George Santos is. But then, and presumably people know this also, if you've been paying attention, um, he started using Cameo, right? The Mm -hmm. service where you can pay money to a celebrity or, I mean, I, I think in principle, I think like you or I could use it, just probably no one would pay us any money. Exactly. Um, and they'll record a video for you or, you know, um, make your voicemail message or whatever, whatever you're asked, basically. So Jimmy Kimmel did this bit, I think it's a couple months ago that he started doing this, that um, he said, well, will George Santos say it or something? It was a skin <laughs> on his show. And apparently um, gave like 14 different requests to George Santos on, on Cameo. Um, all of which are pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and I've seen some of the stuff on Jimmy Kimmel. It was pretty funny. Um, like congratulate my friend for eating six pounds of raw beef or whatever. You know? <laughs> uh, and with each of them, George Santos did it right. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, also Jimmy Kimmel did not submit these requests as Jimmy Kimmel, correct, or in any way indicate that it was associated with Jimmy Kimmel's late night show. And so now George Santos is suing yeah. Jimmy Kimmel um, for fraud or misrepresentation or copyright violation or whatever that exactly it is in legal terms. What do you think about all of those, right? Well, as much as it may pay me to say this, I, I think he has a case, right? I do, too. I do, he too, was, is the thing. Yeah. completely misrepresented what was happening there. It's now in public so he's using this to i don't know if you want to call it it's not libel it's not slander it's not i mean it's what humiliation i don't, I don't know what you, you want to call it but he he has a case here i think i think he has a case based on the um you know um reporting that uh his attorney is calling a copyright violation yeah maybe that's where it does cut in but you know Jimmy Kimmel's out there this week making fun of this on his show. And of course, with Santos' history of fraud and so on, you can make jokes and everything else. Um, but if you look into it, it seems like the, the crux of the legal case is that um, Kimmel asked for these videos for personal use. And then in the terms of service of Cameo, um, they would only be for per- personal use, not for a public um display i guess you yeah. could say so like the, the the fact that he put them on his show seems to be the crux of it and as far as i can tell i took a brief look at cameo's terms of service that seems correct yeah i, I think that's really the kicker beyond just misrepresenting who he was that was making the request i'm sure people lie about their names that that buy cameos all the time but to then say that i, I would imagine that terms of service are between a customer and the person recording the video, not for a, you know, if nothing else, just a, you know, others who would want to buy a cameo from George Santos. That's not for public consumption. And so the misrepresentation plus the putting it out in public. Yeah. This yeah. is, 
I think I, that's the crux of it. I think that's the crux of it. And that's where I, I do what everything of George Santos. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and the fact that he's George Santos, it does kind of seem to be like they have a case here. And the crux of it would be that Jimmy Kimmel did not have um, the right or permission yeah. um, through the terms of service to put it on his show. Right. right. So it, the, the case isn't about the fact that it's ridiculous and embarrassing. It's about that it was uh, like a private license and then used publicly. That's my understanding. I think Santos has a case. Yeah. And apparently he's looking for 150000 per use of this. I mean, they'll probably settle. There'll be a confidentiality agreement. You know, this is where this is headed, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll probably just settle this one. Now that we, we as lay people, have determined, they, this yeah. kind of sounds like they have a case. Probably Jimmy Kimmel's Kimmel show will make some jokes, and then they'll like settle out of court, and then they'll go yeah, away. Exactly. Um, and then they won't push it. So, um, what else we got? Yeah, we just one more thing. Want to shout shout out my guys from uh, most recent season of White Lotus. Theo James, Will Sharp, both have picked up some uh, leading prestige gigs in the past week. Theo James is going to be in the new Guy Ritchie series called The Gentleman. I watched this trailer. This is pretty interesting um, about a guy who inherits his family business and fortune, not realizing that it's a drug business and mm-hmm. sort of the things that happen with him. So looks very interesting from the trailer. And Guy then we'll Ritchie. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I mean, just, I can't remember the next, the last Guy Ritchie television show that I've seen, if there's been any, but I don't know is, if he's done any television shows. I was just going to say there was a brief moment in my life where Guy Ritchie's name on a film made me go, ooh, what? Because yeah. of like Snatch, right? Yeah. But then he's done just like such a weird hodgepodge of stuff yeah. and like so many things. I'm like, that's Guy Ritchie, you know? It's yeah. just like some something I mean, that just strikes me as not something I'm not interested in at all, you know? Just the, like, the trailer is very, there's lots of blood splatter lots of brits and turtlenecks i mean it's very guy richie right it's it's uh it's what you might might expect so that sounds cool <laughs> yeah did they right. make you know what actually we should double check this i think they might have briefly made a snatch tv program oh okay okay unless i made that up there, you, you, go, you go ahead and talk about will sharp yeah. i'll try to so that was theo james and his frenemy on white lotus will sharp is going to star in the sky program He's going to star as Mozart in the Amadeus. You know, this was an Academy Award-winning film from the 80s. They're making a mini-series about Mozart will sharp will star. And this will come out sometime in 2025, it looks like. So these guys are getting leading roles, very different things, but uh White Lotus has sort of accelerated their careers for quite a bit. So I guess I didn't catch this. So is it it's like based on the same source material as Amadeus? Yes. That's yes. a good movie. Here yeah. you go. Here you go. Memory comes through. Snatch is a crime comedy drama streaming uh-huh. television series based on the film of the same name that premiered on March 16th, 2017 on Crackle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never seen anything on, on Crackle. I, I, it I, happened. <laughs> Two seasons. It happened. I've never yeah. seen it. But, um, anyhow, yeah, cool, cool. I mean, both of those sound potentially worth checking out. It's cool to see those guys. Getting the roles and yeah. um, and so on. So um, that's it for me. Yeah, me too. Basically, I think uh, second uh, we'll briefly talk about what we've been watching besides Constellation. And the closest thing I've got to news, I'm still watching the floor. 
Yeah, good. <laughs> and um, I'm re I'm really I'm like actively looking forward to it. <laughs> I know any, when it shows up on Hulu. Is there any floor left? Like I know that you said it like condenses or the just one more episode next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes on Hulu on Wednesday at uh, at like three a.m. Okay, um, which I've I've never actually stayed up late enough on Tuesday night <laughs> to watch it at three a.m. But um, watch it on Wednesdays on on Hulu. Um, I think I think probably it airs on Fox on Tuesday night. I don't know. I haven't checked that. Um, but yeah, so talked about this briefly on here before. For those who didn't catch that, this is the show hosted by Rob Lowe. It's a game show. They try to take over pieces of the floor. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm just like increasingly into it because, as I mentioned to you before, Ryan, it has that kind of serial element, you know. Yeah. You've got the same 81 contestants from the beginning, except they get slowly eliminated. More and more get eliminated each episode. So next week in the finale, we're, we're going to whittle down to one. Yeah. You know, okay. and that, that'll be the person who owns the whole floor and wins the $250,000. Um, but people will be up there doing the trivia game, then they'll go back to the floor. And so you, you kind of start feeling like you get to know some of these people a little bit yeah. and like, root for one of them or or whatever and then maybe feel bad when they get eliminated you know there been a couple <laughs> people like that or like oh they were doing really well and, then <laughs> and you only win money if you at least win the week oh okay okay so like these individual um they call them duels the head-to-heads you know you can see someone they might win several of them but it doesn't matter unless they have the most um floor space at the end of the episode and then they get twenty thousand dollars um and then whoever is the last person standing at the end is going to get two hundred fifty thousand dollars so know. could you could you theoretically make it to you, you, your second place at the end of the floor and have never won money and never you don't win any money because you never it won could it, yeah it, i mean milk it could not only might not win money, it could theoretically happen. It could come down yeah. to like someone who's never played before against the other person who owns <laughs> all the squares except for that one square. If yeah, that's yeah. possible, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. But it, I mean, the other thing that's interesting as it's gone further, and you've gotten some people who have really large amounts of floor. Yes. Um, where they say, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm doing really good. I'm just I'm gonna go back to the floor, right? And so then they uh key up the randomizer as they call it, and they select some other person uh who of course is next to this huge spot of floor. So they just challenge them again, <laughs> they come right back up, you know. <laughs> so it, it's an entertaining show. And as I as I said, man, I mentioned this one originally. Um I could definitely see binging it once it's all out what you could do yeah. starting okay week. that's that, that's gonna have to be my, my my path if it's out if it's over this week i'm gonna have to, to, to just fly through it here soon okay well on my end just nothing nothing much new we've obviously started constellation which we'll talk about soon still doing a rewatch of friday night lights game of thrones looking forward to curb every sunday night to sort of fill the hbo sunday night hole left behind by True Detective, and you know, I've made my pitch for this before, but my game show recommendation of I guess it's not really a game show, but competition show of the week. If you like cooking shows at all, watch Next Level Chef. Watch chefs try to make high level cuisine with the crappiest materials and 
throwing it on a thing before it disappears. It just, just, just watch it. It's got new elements of things that's uh, quite, quite entertaining. Yeah, you mentioned that one before. It does sound entertaining. Um, the other thing, only other thing I really got into this week. Do you ever watch this show? Um, it's all Comedy Central. Last decade, called the Review. Mm, okay. The uh, Andy Daly. He plays a character named Forrest McNeil. Okay. There were three seasons. I'd seen the first two seasons, but I never saw the third one as it happened. Uh, so I revisited it. It was um, you know, like a half hour show on Comedy Central. So in other words, it's actually like 22 minutes an episode. Yeah. Uh, you can get through quite a lot fairly quickly. But the premise is just... It, the, the premise is that his, his fictional character hosts a, a show called Review where he reviews life experiences um, <laughs> and uh, people from the audience, you know, through Twitter or little videos or whatever, they ask him to review this or that, you know, and um, he takes it very seriously. And so he goes out and does it and then comes back and, you know, uh, rates it on a scale of five stars. <laughs> um, and uh, it, the show, it, it just gets increasingly kind of dark as oh, it moves boy. forward. And more and more serial, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But um, it's I'm going to take the tack that um, episode titles are by definition not spoilers. Does that feel fair? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's very very much in public consumption. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite episodes in the whole series is titled "Pancakes Divorce Pancakes." It's a really good show. Check it out. It's on Paramount Plus. That oh, was, boy. you know, it was in part it was an access issue for me where yeah. I hadn't seen the third season. There are also a couple years between the second season and the third season. And so uh, since I have access to Paramount Plus and saw that it was on there, I thought, oh, revisit this and then um, watch the end of it. And uh, it also ends really well. Okay. So, okay. I would recommend it in general. I, I, will, I will say this is one of those things that I, I was... I saw it, did not recognize it, didn't look it up purposefully. I had no concept of what this was before you're, you're talking here. So the I, beginning, hold on it. At the beginning of the show, right? Like the opening credits, the tagline is life. It's literally all we have, but is it any good? <laughs> it's a really funny show. Just, all right. That's a good, that's a good recommendation. All right. There's, there's the homework for everyone this week review on. Comedy Central slash Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's get to Constellation. Yes. Um, again, Apple TV Plus premiered this with three episodes on Wednesday the 21st. So we're going to talk about all three of those episodes. Um, the titles being The Wounded Angel, Live and Let Die, and Somewhere in Space Hangs My Heart. Episodes one through three. This is your spoiler warning on the other side of a brief musical interlude. We're going to dig into the premiere of Constellation um, with all spoilers on the table. Okay, we are back to talk about Constellation on Apple TV Plus. All three of the episodes released uh, this week. Cameron read those titles a few moments ago. Uh, all episodes written by Peter Harness. Episodes one and two directed by Michelle McLaren. Episode three directed by Oliver 
Hirschbiegel. Hirschbiegel. Um, a, a lot here, obviously, in, in three episodes. I'm going to try to condense it as much as I can, and then we'll have a lot to uh, sort of talk through. And, and this won't even capture everything, but just a brief synopsis of what happens here. Um, there is a crew of people on the International Space Station that uh, consists of five astronauts and cosmonauts. While in the midst of their quantum physics experiments, spacewalks, just sort of the normal routine before they're scheduled to come home in a couple of months, something collides with the space station that cripples its systems, cripples its life support, and actually ends up killing one of the crew members named Paul. The remaining astronauts are forced to evacuate. Three leave on one of the escape pods, while one has to stay behind to repair the other pod and try to make it out on their own. This one who's left behind is named Joanna Joe Erickson. She stays behind to make the repairs. Um, and while she's there, begins experiencing some very odd things, odd visions, hallucinations. She claimed that she saw what ran into the space station, which was a uh, very old body of a Russian cosmonaut. Um, but she's pushing through to make these repairs so she can make it back to Earth with her family, Magnus. And her daughter Alice. When it's once back on Earth, there's an investigation that begins the collision. Joe claims she saw this old cosmonaut hit the ISS, but the space agencies don't believe her. They want to all prove that they can should be released from their liability and not responsible for what happened, uh, particularly because there was a death of someone aboard. So the investigation concludes. She finally relents and says, "Fine, whatever you say. I didn't see what I what I think that I saw." Joe, while on Earth, continues to not feel like herself. Um, she's noticing things about her family, her life, the things around her that are very different than when she left and went up to the ISS. Meanwhile, one of the things that was being done on the ISS was a quantum experiment that was being managed and really championed by a former astronaut named Hen Henry Caldera. Something about this experiment seems to hold the secret for what's happening to these people and is a very unexplained phenomenon, and he is risking everything to get these results back to Earth and find out what might have been um is what they found out in this experiment something that can explain what's happening to the astronauts what may have happened to him before we don't know um a lot here in this first three not even necessarily touching on what would be the bookends of these these episodes where at some point in the future we see joe and a version of her daughter alice running away from something in the in the snow um carrying some pieces of that experiment so like I said, a lot here um, with some real mystery element to it. Um, many questions, no answers. Where do we where do we begin? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know your synopsis there was very very uh, synoptic, you know. Yeah. But that, that, that makes sense. I, I did something similar. I'm writing on this for the site. If you want to go and read the recap I wrote on these three episodes, where. I think it almost would make no sense to try to go in order is just to kind of take it overall, you know, and um, put the story in a more linear order. Yeah. So yeah, certainly. Um, and let me I, just say, before we start this, this is, you know, sure. I'm say I'm you know, kissing up to the boss, whatever Cameron's recap of these first three episodes is excellent. Excellent thanks. recap. I thought it was fantastic really trying to parse out what the mysteries are and why we're seeing certain things so i really recommend you go read that on the site thanks yeah well, i'm gonna have some things to say about it that maybe i didn't get in there there we go um i, I realized i didn't really talk about the pills we're gonna have to talk about the pills uh, and some other stuff but yeah i mean it, there's a question of um of where to start as you mentioned um the episodes are kind of bookended with what in my recap i called cabin scenes mm -hmm. um, 
which does seem to be at some point in the future, Joe and Alice are going to this cabin and um, I don't know, weird stuff happens, right? They're, they're, there is one point where Joe sees two different Alice's um, in there, right? There's one in the bathtub and one. Yeah, literally two, you know, we see some sort of hallucinating moments or vision moments where you see things that are not there. But this is a moment where she sees, as you said, one in the bed, one in the bath. Um, we do know from casting that this daughter, Alice, is played by a set of twins. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Because then, you, on the other hand, you have Jonathan Banks playing two characters. Um, all right, we're maybe ju jumping around too much. Yeah. Let's try yeah. to find some focus, you know. Um, so you start out li in linear time, as you mentioned, right? We're on the International Space Station. Uh, something hits the International Space Station. Um, Joe goes out to investigate. She sees this dead female cosmonaut. And yes. we do too. We do too. We yep. do too. Um, like, I don't know, can you trust that? Yeah, yeah. That's maybe a question, but we do too. Um, and then when they have the... Um, so yeah, she has to repair the pod and all of that. And then, but then they have the... Um, the hearings about it because of course it's a question of international relations what mm -hmm. hit the pod who's responsible whose fault is it and all of that um they're insistent that no cosmonaut died in space that there's no one this could have been I yeah so all, all the russian files about the cosmonaut program have been unsealed everyone is accounted for Everyone is is either alive or you know, we've, we've known what has happened to them. There was no cosmonaut lost in space that they claim, at least. Yeah, they're insistent on that. And there are various indications that we are in an alternate version of history, at least, you know, I mean, from our own that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, there is a mention of Apollo 18, right? Which did not happen. Which did not happen. It was planned to happen, yes. but it did not happen in, in the real world. Um, people can look into this, right? Uh, and apparently it was canceled because of what had happened on previous Apollo missions and worries about the safety of astronauts and so on and so forth. So in terms of what we're told about Apollo 18 here, in this fictional story, it's like they went ahead and did it and things did go bad and, and people died. Very badly, yes. Very, very, yeah, very badly. Um, that's one of my big questions, ultimately, is what's going mm -hmm. on with Bud and Henry, the two characters that Jonathan Banks plays. Um, but I, I, I was on the track of trying to make a point. What was it? Um, oh, that, that, that's an alternate history, right? And so um, that also seems to feed into how the relations between the U.S. and Russia seem pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> they did seem pretty good. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know uh, what else I was going to say here. Oh, just with then Irina is the head of the hearing. But then we learn when Joe's showing her um, crew members the picture of what the spacesuit looked like. Mm -hmm. They say you're looking at a picture of Irina. Yes. And I think there are other indications that the dead cosmonaut in space was Irina. I got a screenshot of it, and then later in the episode, you you see Irina when she's dancing, kind of turn into, uh, or seem to turn into a corpse for a minute. So, 
Lots of stuff. Yeah, we're, we're dealing with all sort of you know, metaphysical alternate realities, different you know situations that have emerged from different places and different points of time. Um, so th- this is the thing that you know, just on first watch, that can be quite disorienting about it, right? So are we sort of stuck watching one timeline? Are we stuck watching one um, series of events that keeps flashing back to things that happen within that same timeline? Or is this different versions of the, of of history? Or is this um, history that are branching off of these things that have been done since that, you know, this sort of this, you know, I think you and I may have similar hesitancies about multiverses and timelines and all that. So I'm just sort of curious sort of what your thoughts are. Are we, are we on multiple realities here or is this a, um, we have unexplained things in sort of one timeline? It definitely feels like something along those lines is at play. Um, and I guess I'm realizing almost the only way for us to effectively work through this is to start kind of going question by question. Mm-hmm. because the way it's presented is non-linear and i think we're kind of stumbling around a little bit trying to figure out how to just work through the story i think we have to go just to the questions yeah um and presumably hopefully people have watched it if they're listening <laughs> to yeah so we, let's start with yours i just asked it's kind of the big headline question almost um and i do almost feel like it does take the three episodes to get enough information to really start presenting these questions well but um are they alternate realities? I mean, it would seem like there there are certainly some indications that that strongly point to yes. Like what was going on with the cosmonaut? If that is Irina, that yeah. seems to be Irina. That suggests there's an alternate reality where she died, but then that's crossing over into ours. So that that you know that's what I think gets really murky is that everything mm-hmm. kind of feels like. Um, not just some kind of straightforward multiverse story, but that they're like impacting one another or something yes. like that. So you have you have things in multiple storylines from multiple characters of this where they're crossing over whatever those barriers or timelines are, where they're they're not understanding or they're trying to get back to or they're being pulled away from the one that they belong on. So when Joe returns home to Germany finally, she realizes, you know. First of all, she's treating Magnus di- differently because they were apparently having problems before, which might have been from an affair. She Feels was, like it. Yeah, the car is a different color. Um, Alice is not really taking to her and not wanting to do anything with with her. So it's sort of like this version of Joe that we see belongs in another timeline, which must mean there's a Joe in another timeline that belongs in this one. Um, and, and I sort of it does that track is that sort of what we're looking at and you know yeah. we can start there with joe because there are other characters that seem like they're sort of dealing with this as well yeah i mean i guess i'm gonna push back a little bit on it does it it does it um terrible grammar i was about to engage in <laughs> um you said it must mean there's another joe who belongs in this timeline or, or however you put that exactly i i mean i guess maybe i don't know residents um, it does kind of seem like there are two Alice's. Um, further, it seems like the one Alice doesn't speak Swedish. Yeah. Alice is supposed to speak Swedish, like Joe has a thing where they speak Swedish to one another all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene in the cabin, we do see two. Things are really kind of um murky though, because it kind of almost it seems like Joe leaves the cabin, trucks across the snow, and finds 
a version of the same cabin, but it's all icy and Alice is hiding in the cupboard or whatever. And then she brings her back to the first cabin and she's giving her a bath. But then the second Alice is sleeping and wakes up. And then there's a brief moment where they're both present. And then the one in the bathtub disappears. And then she wants to go back out and find her again. And the Alice that is with her, who I guess we could say is not her Alice. <sighs> um yeah, exactly. <laughs> also doesn't recognize her as um Joe as her mother, right? Yeah. So the, the this is said that I believe right towards the end of episode three, they seem to mutually recognize um you're not who you're supposed to be. Uh and then the police are showing up. Why are the police showing up? That's yeah, there's there there's lots of things I can speculate that this might be for. She is a clearly stolen something from NASA or whoever's running the experiments that uh, that Caldera was running on the ISS. She is, uh, I don't know. There's a sense of she is running away from, or she has kidnapped her daughter. She could be, um, you know. There's any number of things why the police could be could be after her. People could think that she's missing and they're trying to find her. You know, I just I think that that sort of opened up a big box of questions that yeah we just we need more of what happened in between these hearings and this moment that we see with them running away and hiding these cabins of sort of what's that connection there yeah and presumably they'll be filling that in for us to be clear to everyone listening i i have not watched any further i've not seen anything beyond episode three at this point that we're recording this podcast my speculation though that yeah this is that she stole the cal device because she does seem to have it yeah right and she's listening to the um, cassette tape of a woman speaking in Russian. I'm guessing that's also Irina somehow. That, that's, um, that's my guess, yes. And that overall, at this point in the story, however long it takes us to get there, Joe has figured things out well enough or thinks she's figured things out well enough to, to have um, the thought that the world's wrong she's in the wrong reality or however you want to put that and it's the cal device's fault and wants to use it figure out how to use it to um fix things yeah to see the, I, I think that that's a, a safe assumption she has determined somehow because she doesn't seem in the one interaction they have she doesn't seem to really know this henry caldera character and so maybe not does not know what he's been doing does not know what the experiments are but somewhere along the line she figures out that something he was working on has contributed to what's happening to her. And so it needs, she feels like her best bet is to take this thing and to try to reverse it or fix it or course correct it, whatever needs to be done. And, you know, grab her daughter, grab the device and left. Right? That's yeah. why the police are after her. Something like that. And of course they were doing an experiment with this device on the space station right before the collision, when the collision happened. Yeah. So let us speculate something like somehow this cow device is, you know, opening a portal to another dimension or something. Yeah. Um, so so on, on that note, right? So we have this sit down between Jonathan Banks's character, Henry slash Bud Caldera, and Alice, where he, you know, very clearly we're going to give you the two minute primer of what quantum physics is for those of you that are the uninitiated, which I certainly include myself in that. I have no idea what that means. Um, 
you know, I'm coming off of a year where there's a lot of shows like Loki and others where it was just full of, you know, techno gobbledygook. You kind of just didn't understand. Do we think that we're going to need an understanding of this stuff to be able to really buy into what are already a big set of mysteries in this show? Or how much how much knowledge are we going to need here? I mean, my brief answer is I think the I think the answer is no. Yeah. Because I mean to qualify that, I think this show will tell us whatever we need to know to understand what the show is doing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just not going to match with the hard science of quantum yeah. physics as I understand it as a layperson. You know, like I've read some uh books and things like this written, you know, sort of popular science sort of way or read some Brian Green and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, the, the broad point is that, well, you can play with stuff like this and stories like this. Every scientist will tell you that you can't just kind of map on, you can't map quantum effects on the macro reality. The, yeah. the, the, the whole point is sort of when you get very, very small, things get really weird. <laughs> they don't get weird like that at the macro level. At the macro level, you can just like use Newtonian physics and things right. work, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. So, but yeah, they're clearly playing with something uh, along these lines. And so by and large, I think, so I have to take what they tell us as a science fiction. And, um, you know, certainly I'm not going to be other than this broad note I'm making here, I'm not going to be like trying to nitpick the science about it because I just think there, yeah, no, there's no, no chance it's, it's really scientifically plausible. Nor will I. And so that, that kind of leads me to two people we've been talking about leading to a question about a third. So we've talked about Joe and her situation, what happened to her, what she is starting to experience, what she's starting to see. We mentioned that part of that experience is two versions of Alice, whether that's one one version that's literal and one that's a vision or two literal versions of Alice in the same place. We don't exactly know yet. But when I started to see things happen with Jonathan Banks' character, whether it's Henry or Bud, I need you to clarify that in just a minute. But when I started seeing sort of he's experiencing this as well, I assumed, oh, okay, well, there's something that happens to people that go up into space or that deal with these kind of experiments or that, you know, function in some side of type of world where they're exposed to something, but then, okay, why would there then be two Alice's, you know, if, if I can understand, you know, things happening to Joe, things happening to Henry, I don't understand why there are two Alice's, I guess. Um, but maybe that'll help to clarify if you have an idea of what actually is going on with Henry, Bud, are they the same person? Are they different people? What happened there? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good question as an entry point to the broader question, because it, it does feel a little bit unclear in what we've seen so far. Um, a lot of a lot of signs point to them being two distinct people. Yeah, yeah. Where Henry Caldera is in, where are they? Moscow or something? I think they're yeah, some, somewhere Star City, Russia. Star yeah. City, Russia. If that's a real place. <laughs> um, and uh, Bud is on a cruise ship. Where exactly the cruise ship is? Um, a number of things point to them being distinct people. One of which is there's a moment where Irina asks Henry about his brother. Mm. Like, oh, no, don't ask me about him. We hate each other, you know. Yeah. And then we see Bud. I don't know. Should we read into that? 
Um, maybe more compelling is that you see Bud giving an interview to the news, and the interview is about what happened on the ISS. Um, and then at the end, um, I think the newscaster calls him Henry, and he's like, no, yeah. Bud. You know? yeah, exactly. So I think there are some indications that they are maybe um, twin brothers. Yes. But the, not definitively, right? Not, because and not definitively, and that are so... I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, twin brothers end up in sort of similar careers or similar paths or in similar, you know, doing similar things, but that they both are... One was an astronaut, one is a scientist, one won a Nobel Prize, one landed on the moon, you know, just sort of this, it's ambiguous enough that it's like you could see where they are the same or you could also see where they diverge, right? So it's just sort of this, I'm of the the mind that, yeah, these are twin brothers. Something happened to one of them and that's, you know, the one that's having the hallucinations, having the video, whatever it is. Um, But I just, I can't be convinced yet. There's at least enough space for the possibility that we're actually in two distinct realities in these scenes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Bud says something about Henry to this guy, Ian Rogers, before he pushes him off the cruise ship. Yep. Um, Ian, the, the actor, by the way, if you recognized him like I did, Doctor Who would be the answer you're looking for. He was a doctor. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's Rose's father, Doctor Who. Anyhow, um, right before he pushes him off the cruise ship, he mentions Henry. Ian Rogers does not seem to know who he's talking about. Yes. I, I mean, I'm reading into it, but he does not seem to understand the reference to Henry. Yeah. So, like, it, there's a lot of ambiguity or space for it to go in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and that's what, and maybe that's just some of the cleverness of the show, kind of like what you're talking about with the interview that he's doing. He's doing this, you know, Zoom interview or something with the the media, and they say, you know, Bud Caldera, and say, you don't know, it's Henry or whatever it is. You're sort of led to believe that, um, you know, just called him by the brother's name, but could this also be just a they said the wrong name and that person, you know, there's no Henry doesn't yeah. know who Bud is and Bud doesn't know who Henry is, you, you know, it's just. I, 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 or I <laughs> here's another possibility. You know, all right. Bud goes on the Apollo 18 mission, and some okay. crazy space madness happens. Yeah, and when he comes back, there's two of them, and the, then they say, "No, there have always been two. Your twin brothers. You're, you're Bud. You're Henry. Don't you remember?" And they, they, they like keep them separate because they're actually. Uh, doubles and one of them belongs in a different yeah. reality or something. I, I just I thought one of the most compelling parts of this first three episodes was him sort of retelling what happened on that mission. Yeah. Is that everything was fine? He something happened. He fell asleep, passed out, whatever it was, and woke up and everyone was dead. So it's sort of like did he cross over to somewhere during this? You know, during this time because he certainly has this experience of everything was good and then everything was wildly different from what he was experiencing so sort of this crossover event has joe done that has alice done that which you know yeah and, 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 and with joe you know we spend a lot of time with her working to repair the pod um she's in a time crunch she actually kind of doesn't seem to have enough time and then she can't get the um 
whatchamacallits to unlatch properly. And yeah. the instructions say to unlatch them manually, you need two people and all of yep. that. Um, at least one thing that's on my mind as a possibility would be that um, um, maybe Joe died in another reality. Yeah. But, you know, but, but then survived. And I don't even know if I can put this coherently. Like maybe the Joe who survived crossed over from yeah a reality where she where she died to one where she lived but it, she's the wrong version of herself or something yeah like so that. i mean and that that tracks with the experiment because they're talking about in this in space when they're when they're running this thing that sort of matter becomes in this state where it's the same one black one white you know sort of opposite of each other but there's a period of time where it can't tell where it wants to be or who it wants to be or what it wants to be. And it's trying to, you know, connect with its, with its partner, as it were, again, forgive my, my science explanation, but. Yeah. I mean, my understanding, I don't know about how Henry, how Henry puts this to Alice. My understanding is what he's referring to probably is some experiments about light. There's a question, is light a wave or is it a particle? Well, um, it depends or like it's sometimes a wave if you do one kind of experiment and yeah. it's a particle, if you do another kind of experiment. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's both a wave and a particle or it's, it's, it's neither both <laughs> until you look. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the famous um, thing about Schrodinger's cat, which people have right. probably heard about what Schrodinger, right. I don't know why you would use this example, but you imagine that there's a box that has cat in it. And uh, is the cat alive or is the cat dead? It's not just that you don't know until you open the box. The, 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 the claim here is that it, it, it isn't one way or the other until it is observed. Yeah. And that observer effect that Henry refers to is a real thing in quantum mechanics. Um, but again, it's something that applies at this quantum level and it's very very weird like yeah. i think it was maybe niels bohr who said something like um if when you first learn about quantum mechanics you weren't outraged you didn't get it yeah yeah because <laughs> this is like it makes no sense it defies all that you've learned in yeah more terrestrial physics i guess you should say yeah 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 like it shouldn't be no it, it just <laughs> should not be possible and so it, does, it won't line up with our, our kind of ordinary concepts i guess yeah clearly you're playing with that stuff but again i'm not going to nitpick the science because they're doing whatever they're doing so that's yeah. true and, and i can square the circle on all of those things when it comes to something happened to joe something happened to henry and or bud um why would there be two Alice's? I think that's that, that's just that's something I cannot explain. If this, I mean, nor should we be able to, I guess. Yeah, or is uh, is Joe like somehow flitting between realities yeah. or something yeah. like this? And so let's talk about the pills. So I mentioned apologies to people who read my recap. I don't think I really talked about the pills, and that's something of an oversight. I presume these are going to be important. They we have see, to. They have um, to. We see Henry taking them. I believe we see Irina taking them and they are given to Joe and they tell her it's just like some really benign 
vitamin supplement. I forget yeah, even what they list. It's like, oh, it's just it's like B12 D, and vitamin yeah. D. Yeah. You know? It's not that. Sunlight, yeah. There's, there's no way it's that. No. Right? There's, like, there's no way. It's to, you may have even said this in your piece, it's to, I don't know, bring you back to some sense of reality. It's to ground you. It's to reorient your brain from some of the craziness that you've experienced. It's something, but it's not just vitamin D because you didn't get any sun while you're up there. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be something yeah. um, to that kind of end, particularly with the people we see taking yeah. it. But one of the things I think is really interesting to think about in that regard is if that's true, I mean, of course, there's a question of what exactly are they taking? And, you know, like, are they going to make up some substance that doesn't really exist? Probably. Yeah. But the existence of the pills would imply that someone knows what's going on. Yeah, somebody does. Henry is going along with it, if he's complicit in that or not. Um, I think my only minor minor quibble with with this was, I think we saw 15 or 16 times somebody taking one of those pills in the first three episodes. It's like, like we get it. You know, you could have yeah. showed this twice in the first three episodes and, and made it more impactful for when the whatever the reveal of what it is comes later. But now it's like, OK, we know we're looking for a pill answer at some point. Right. Yeah. We know the pill is, is significant. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just some minor <laughs> thing either. They, they kind of call our attention to it. Yeah. Um, another, another thing they call our attention to. I don't know if this will be relevant or not, but and this is a very common sort of space travel trope on TV and movies, sort of the you're out of range or you're you know slingshotting around the moon or you're in the dark where you can't communicate with us for a period of time right this is very common in space movies and television there were several several of those with joe right where she's out of contact can't reach him you know in 45 minutes we'll be able to talk to you again all this stuff right sort of these clear moments where okay if something's happening it's during this time and I wonder if we get sort of a sense of flashing back of those to see, okay, what's actually happening to her and others that have gone through those moments where they're again, they're, they're the cat under the box in that moment. Yeah. And I mean, there are some things we didn't quite mention while she's on the station. There's the point where she sees Paul's severed arm mm -hmm. and she grabs it. And then it's like the whole Paul appears. Yeah. Um, she also sees a vision of Paul visiting his grave later on and he says a little poem or whatever like i have no interpretation of yeah. those lines he says there, there is my recap you want to like okay. well, yeah, I, I don't know yeah um somewhere in space hangs my heart yeah all right buddy and your arm yeah <laughs> um so what's going on there presumably it's all going to tie together in some way it's also a cut where i think it's in the end of episode one She's on the space station, and then it's like she sees down the hall to a door with a beaded necklace on it, mm -hmm. and then you see the same beaded necklace on the door of the cupboard uh, where she finds Alice in the icy cabin. And um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if we have enough information to yeah. go further with that, but that that's just to mention some stuff that's there that will presumably factor in down the line. Yeah, I think that's really, certainly the case. I think that you mentioned this before I watched it, and I, I tend to agree with you now that putting these out in the three episodes 
Number one, they do a good job dragging out that escape scene and I have to get back home. It's building the tension of that. It took a long time. So you, you have to have all of that here. But you also needed, there's so much mystery in this, so many questions that they're posing. They needed sort of the collection of these three episodes to, to do that, as it would seem. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Potentially, maybe you could have condensed it. But I did meaningfully feel like it wasn't until I was watching episode three and got to the end of episode three and said, oh, yeah, I have questions. Okay, whereas like before that, I was enjoying it from the beginning, but um, it didn't have quite enough of a sense of what was going on to even know what my questions were. But yeah. by the time you get to the end of episode three, particularly like that, that scene with Irina dancing, which is pretty quick, yes. you know, which he flashes into a corpse, the, the way that it, fleshes out questions about Henry versus Bud and all of that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think we've got something's going on having to do with alternate realities in some way that involves some kind of quantum me mechanics business. Yes. Yeah. As a, you know, what they're going to appeal to. Um, <laughs> so, so some, some quantum physicists are listening to this and stabbing themselves in the ear based on, what we're saying, you know, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. I think we're doing fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the quantum physicists, you know, don't be like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson going on Twitter <laughs> and fact checking this show. It's right. just not <laughs> interesting, you know? Absolutely not. Absolutely. I'm sure not. it's wrong. <laughs> Is that the point? Yeah. And I knew, I knew it was coming. I should have expected it. This was my biggest gripe about, you know, watching. Ted Lasso, I, I clocked it. It was literally less than five minutes before we got Alice saying on the Apple TV show, I want to read the story on the iPad before I go to bed. You know, it wasn't, I want to read the story about the rabbit or I want to read the story about, it's I want the iPad story. You know, yeah, so the iPad story. a lot of iPhones and iPads in this show. Now, this is an interesting note, actually, as you mentioned the iPad. She is, um, when she's um, preparing to come back, she's like recording messages on it and so on. Yes. And uh, I didn't realize what she was doing at first, but she left that that one on the space station. Yeah. Um, Assuming could, someone would come back at some point and find it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it took me a second, but then I realized it made sense. Because yeah. if she's thinking to herself, maybe I'm not going to make it. You know, maybe I'm going to burst into flames on re-entry or crash into the ocean and die and they're never going to find this pod. Well, of course, it wouldn't make sense to keep your last message with you. Exactly. So it makes more sense to leave it on the space station. Right. Um, so, yeah, okay, and suss that out. But it also means that there's potentially some piece of evidence up there that might, I don't know if they're going to return yeah. to the International Space Station and find it at some point yeah that's um, a good question is are we done with space for this show hard, hard to say at this point it is hard to say thinking about it because i'm realizing that it seems like after the hearing and everything they're just moving in the direction of totally abandoning the international space station exactly it's just space junk now you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they badgered your i mean uh I did think it was kind of noteworthy, and I don't know if there's anything to read into about it, but the the way that they badgered her into agreeing that it must yes. have been a trash bag. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did anything about that bother you? Because I find myself at a certain point thinking, like, why don't you just like say, uh, hey, we don't believe you. We think it's a trash bag. And just ignore her. Yeah. Why do you need her to get on board <laughs> with your story? 
Yeah, I was thinking about it more from Joe's perspective where, you know, there's some weird things happening to her. She's trying to reconnect with her family. She's just like, you're fine. You're not going to give up clearly until I say what you want to hear. Um, you know, there's some sense of it being plausible that, well, maybe I did say I was worried that I was, wasn't getting enough oxygen to my brain. So maybe you're right. Even if you're, there's a 5% chance you're right. I just want to be done with this and get back to my family, try to figure out why my car is a different color. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I think that makes more sense to me than their insistence on getting her to agree. I mean, that feels almost Stalinist or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we're not going to just move forward and say, we've decided that you were wrong. We're going to keep yeah. pushing the question until you uh, come around to saying trash bag, say yeah. trash bag, you know? Um and she does. But I mean, I guess when you've got uh quote unquote conspiracy theorists like <laughs> Ian Rogers out there, maybe that's yeah. something to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh yeah, lots of lots of mysteries. I presume the next five episodes will give us some give us some answers. We'll we'll uh we'll see if we can if we can understand them. I'm sure we'll understand. I mean, but, but I just hope it's good. I hope, I hope we don't like end up reconvening after the last one and going, oh man. <laughs> they they, they were in purgatory the whole time. <laughs> well, really, it was your father. Yeah. Um I, that was a that was a jazz of something in particular I won't cash out. Um <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back uh next week talking about Constellation episode four. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh this episode. Hopefully you're watching the show and enjoying it. Hopefully you'll listen along with us uh, each week. show comes out on Wednesdays. We're going to put these out on Fridays. And um, in the meantime, you read my recap of these first three episodes of Constellation on tvobsessive.com. A bunch of other stuff on the site there. I encourage you to, to poke around and uh, follow the site on social media, TV Obsessive. There's a YouTube channel. If you're listening to this through the podcast app, you could alternately go to YouTube and watch watch it on YouTube if you want. Um, you want to do me a favor, go to YouTube anyway and hit subscribe, get that number up. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. Looking forward to episode four next time.